Better and Longer with the Fitness Show, hosted by fitness expert, author, and TV personality, Fitz Kohler. She'll tell you why diets are dumb, supplements are snake oil, and the truth about how you can earn a lean, hard, pain-free, and athletic body. Now for our favorite bossy blonde, Fitz Kohler. Hi team, I'm Fitz Kohler, your fitness expert from fitness.com, and welcome to the Fitness Show. We have so much to talk about today, so much, and I'm so happy to be sitting here recording this podcast. I have been on the go, 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 and I'm managing it, and clearly (laughs) feeling energetic. I just got off of an incredible weekend um, hosting the DC Wonder Woman Run Series in Oakland. We had our 5K, 10K there. I'm the race announcer for this series, and I absolutely love it. It was a blast. I'm going to tell you guys about that after But there's some other things I'm going to get to first. But one of the things I want to tell you is that we all got to do our best, right? I think people look at me sometimes and they think, oh, it's easy for her. And she's fit and she's energetic. And um, I'm very fortunate that when I work, I have a very strong on switch. And it doesn't really matter what's going on. I I feel, um, you know, Jason in the movie Friday the 13th, when he gets shot 75 times, yet he still keeps walking forward that's me with my work. (laughs) So no matter how tired I am, no matter what is going on in my life, the second I get in front of a crowd or around fitness people that I get to teach or even doing this podcast, I turn on. I feel impenetrable, unstoppable professionally because I love you guys so much and I'm, I'm so highly motivated to serve that I'm able to function as a professional almost no matter what. But On the flip side, I really, really am quite human. Oh my gosh, am I ever human? And uh, I deal with, you know, the stuff we all deal with. We've got kids, many of us. We've got obligations. We've got houses to clean and um, errands to run. And I, I try so hard to take care of the people and the animals that I, in my neighborhood, in my community, you know, obviously I've got this farm where it's just the utter delight of my life, but they... We have a pregnant goat we're on watch for, so I keep going back to the farm to make sure the pregnant goat, if she's had her babies while her parents are at work, I can be there to help her. Um, Not that goats probably need the help because they're pretty self-sufficient, but you never know. Stuff happens, and then we have Handy Duck that his legs or her legs don't work so well, so I go over and make sure that she has a nice swim and she has some cuddles and she gets some food because she's not as capable, but you know... I'm not acting like that's a burden on my back because it's something I highly enjoy doing. But this is where the hard stuff comes in. So I just, I flew into Oakland Friday morning. I woke up at 4 a.m., got on the plane at 6. I landed in California at about 11 something at San Francisco. I worked until late in the night. And then, you know what? People went out. A lot of the crew, the awesome, wonderful, fun, sweet people that work for this race organization, they... We're going to go to like a sports bar or something to hang out at eight. And they invited me and um, gosh, did I appreciate the offer and would I have loved to hang out with them? But I said, no, thank you, because I knew I needed to sleep coming from the East Coast. I just, I'm not cut out to be a sleepless late night person. So while they all went and had fun, I was asleep by 830. And that's one of the things I want to drive home for you guys is you have to prioritize your health your sanity, and know where your weak spots are. Mine is fatigue. I really struggle with fatigue. It just is a burden for me for XYZ reasons. But 
I know how to manage myself, or at least I know that I have to manage myself. So while they were all having a good time in Oakland, which I could have done, I actually was a big girl when I went to bed. I passed out at 8.30, and um, I woke up at 5 a.m., which is rude, but on the East Coast, that would have been sleeping from 11.30 to 8, which isn't so bad. So I got a solid sleep, and then I lied there in bed for a few hours. Holy mackerel, was that a gift, and... um. We didn't have much on TV until the Gator game started because the Gator football was on at noon on the East Coast, 9 a.m. on the West Coast. West Coast people get really good sports schedules. You guys don't have to wake up, stay up late for anything. Anyways, I watched the Kardashians. <laughs> I watched two episodes because there was nothing else on. And, um, well, you know what? It's not that big of a deal. I look at these people and I think they're beautiful girls, women. And, uh, you know, they're just regular people. I, I personally tend to loathe reality TV because I do not like watching people argue. I Some people thrive on drama. I am nauseated by drama. I don't want to take any part in it. But uh, these shows were just about fashion and stuff. So it was kind of fun. But anyways, I watched the Kardashians. I just lied there in bed like a loaf. And it was fantastic. My intention was to get up and go. I wanted to find some redwood trees to visit. But... I, I just needed the rest. So anyways, worked. And again, I'll tell you about that stuff later. But Sunday morning, I worked all Saturday night. And then Sunday morning, I was up at 4 a.m. Because I got on a plane at 6 a.m. And then I landed at home at 5.30. And again, my priority was to spend as much time as possible with my kids and my pets. And then I went to sleep early. I think I was, well, I think I was asleep at 10 um, watching The Walking Dead. That's right. I had to watch The Walking Dead and then I went to sleep. But I got to sleep till eight the next day. And it's just one of those things that I prioritize my health no matter what. And so again, I wake up the next morning at eight. I got to get my kids up or my son ready for school. My daughter had already left. But um, I got up and I went to the gym. I didn't want to. I did not want to go to the gym. But I got my can up and I got out and I went and I did my 5K on the treadmill and I lifted some weights and I didn't regret it. You know, halfway through the treadmill, I thought, all right, this isn't so bad. And then I went to the farm and I got to kiss my duck and some pigs and some, you know, all the animals. But um, I turned it into a great day. And because I prioritize my sleep, it's Tuesday and I already feel like a, a decent human being again, which isn't guaranteed when you travel back and forth from coast to coast. In fact, I leave for San Jose this Friday. So I, I literally have five days between these big trips, but that's okay because I'm going to manage me and, um, you know, I feel good about that. So I want you to do the same. That's the moral of the story is it's not easy for me. I don't know if it looks easy. Some people think my life is easy or my energy is easy or whatever. I'm a very, 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 very real person and, you know, the place where I excel sometimes is putting my foot down and saying no and going to sleep or choosing the healthy food or whatever it is. So I want to talk to you about that. Um, I was a guest on the Runified podcast. That's R-U-N-I-F-I-E-D last week. Uh, the owner, Matt Sorensen, saw my uh, Morning Mile video on Runner's World and was fascinated by the program. So he interviewed me and I actually listened to it back. I don't always listen to myself. Um, but I did, and it's a really good show. He asked some really good questions. So if you're interested, go to runify.co. It's not even .com. It's runify.co. And you'll hear the, or you can find the podcast I was a guest on. But Matt's a great interviewer, and I really enjoyed it. 
I love what he does. So give them a listen as well. When you're done here, go listen to his show. And then it's interesting to me. Um, I have been seeing so many different changes in my people. So I see some people kind of back down. They stop posting. They get they slow down in their ambitiousness or their discipline, and they kind of want to hide. And then I always see at the same time new people coming out of the woodwork saying, I'm ready to get going, or gee whiz, I let it slide, and now I'm on the comeback. And I really like that. I, I like that portion. And I was in my bathroom the other day, just brushing my hair, brushing my teeth, something like that. And I was thinking about my children. And this is what I thought. And I'm sure you can identify with it. I was thinking that I hope that when they grow up, they're not people who are constantly going back, gaining weight and losing weight, gaining weight and losing weight. And I know you guys don't want that for your kids, right? Nor do you want it for yourself. It's funny because when I lost weight, I lost it. I was I was overweight as a teenager and not not ghastly overweight, but I was a solid 40 pounds heavier than I am now. And it wasn't fun. I had the parts squishing out. There were things I was highly uncomfortable with. I didn't like my size. I didn't like my shape. I didn't like the rolls of fat on my tummy or my hips. There was things I couldn't stand. And when I made the change, I made it for good. You know, I hit that point. Uh, if you haven't listened to episode one of the fitness show, my podcast, I highly encourage you to do it. Go all the way back and listen because I tell my story. But the real powerful moment for me was when I did lose the weight and I um, had my first kickboxing match and I was com- done with it. I went to a sports bar and it was all this free sports bar food. There was mozzarella sticks and chicken wings and french fries and onion rings and beer, all the things that anyone would want, cheesecake. And I looked at it and I had finally been in that dream body, the one that I thought, oh my God, I can't believe I look like this. I feel like this. And I decided, nope, I'm not having that free sports bar food. It looks delicious. I'm starving. I'm going to take out my wallet and I'm going to pull out my credit card and I'm going to buy myself a grilled chicken salad. And I did. And since then, I have been able, I have been, it's not being able, I have been relentless in the pursuit of maintaining a body that I love and feel good about. Even within my pregnancies, I gained 19 pounds per pregnancy and took it right back off as soon as I ca- as I could. I tell you what, I was never as heavy at the end of my pregnancies as I was in my freshman year of college. But that's because I decided not to be. It wasn't a magical happening. It wasn't that I had the miracle shake that doesn't exist. I was on no diet. I just decided that I was going to be deliberate about my body and I wasn't going to accept less. I was never going to go back to the size I was in college and I was never going to feel bad about my body. And, you know, fortunately, my children, as I think of them, they're in great shape. (laughs) They're really in great shape. They're not you know, kids that are, ooh, the, the naturally, quote unquote, skinny kids. They're not that. They're regular kids, but they have moderate habits. They're healthy. They're committed to exercising. And uh, fortunately, they do not have weight issues. But I say, fortunately, I'm steering them towards healthy bodies. And they're fortunately receiving what I'm giving to them. Uh, so so with my adult clients, and that's what I consider you all, my my clients, my people that I serve, that I train, even though I'm not there in your house with you barking orders at you like I used to do to people, but I consider you my clients. And yeah, maybe you've blown that. Maybe you already are at the 
point where you've gained weight, lose weight. Enough. It's enough. Don't you think so? Aren't you sick of regaining the weight you've lost? You know, I don't want that for my children. You don't want it for your children. I don't want it for you. When is the point where you put your foot down and say, screw this, I'm not putting that weight back on, or screw this, I'm getting rid of this weight, I'm keeping it off, because I hate being at this point. You know, I don't want you to hate yourself. You should never hate yourself. That's a, that's a terrible thing. And, and I didn't hate myself. I hated things about myself. And I grew up in a family where my mom was constantly trashing herself. She would say, I'm ugly. I'm fat. I hate my nose. I hate this. My sister was constantly telling me how fat and ugly I was. You're, you're fat and you suck at soccer. I heard that a million times a day. But I didn't hate me. I thought I was a nice girl. I thought I was funny. I thought I was engaging and smart and helpful. I knew those things about me. So I never hated me. But there was parts of me that drove me mad. And so I, I stopped I stopped being that girl. And when I finally got to the place I wanted to be, I decided I am not letting go. And you know, it's, it's like playing a tug of war. You're holding on to the rope. And when that other team starts pulling and the rope starts burning your hands, you could let it go. You could let that rope go. Or you could hold on tighter. And you could let that rope burn your hands and your hands could start bleeding. But when I got to that point, I held on. I didn't care that my hands were bleeding. I did not care that the skin was burning off my hands. I pulled harder and I won that war and I will continue to win that war for the rest of my life. But that's got to be you because I want it for you. I want it for every last one of you listening. I want it for everybody. You have to be the tug of war champion with your body. When you, and here's the thing, you're playing it with yourself. Because there is nobody who sneaks in your room at night, pries open your mouth, and shoves in a a cupcake. Nobody is prying over your mouth and pouring some vodka in. It doesn't happen that way. That is you. Every time you gain a pound, it's because you willfully opened up your mouth and let or shoved, shoved those items in. You did it to yourself. So you're playing tug of war with yourself. And if you're losing, that's really, really dumb (laughs) because I think you want better for yourself. So we have to refocus. You have to stop hiding in the shadows and being the person who used to be fed and now you've kind of given it up. So you're going to be quiet and and hope to go unnoticed. I know who you are. I know where you've been. I know that you're not sharing your sweaty selfies because you don't have them. You're not creating them. You have to get your life together. You have to start pulling harder. If that rope is burning your hands, that means because you are pulling in the wrong direction. So you got to stand up straight. You got to squat down low and you got to get angry and you got to pull back. And once you start winning, you got to keep pulling until... That other person on the other side of the rope falls in the mud face first and can't get up. You win and then you win forever. You get it? You can't go back. I don't want that for my kids. I was able to not be that person finally and now I need you to be the tug of war champion of your own life. I don't want you to gain this weight back. I don't want you to have to keep going through it. I don't want you to have to come back and say, oh, I lost 50 and then I put on 80. It's ridiculous. You're not on a diet. You're a person who exercises regularly. 
That's it. There are no exceptions. You have to be the person who gets up. I don't care if you break your leg. I don't care if you have knee surgery. Your upper body still works. You break your arm, great. Keep walking. Get on an elliptical. There's always an opportunity. Unless you're in a full body cast, you've got no excuses. And if you aren't a full body cast and you continue sticking to the exact formula for weight loss, if you're disciplined about that, you can still lose or maintain your weight. So so let's focus. I want you to be happy and I want you to stay happy. I get it? I need that for you. All right. So I'm going to back off on my super aggressive stuff. Um, we talked a few weeks ago, or I talked. It's always we. You know what? Being a small business person, sometimes I try to make myself look bigger. So I say we. <laughs> we, Fitz Kohler and I, we made this decision. But I was telling you about a woman in my gym who I was helping because she used a walker and she had a mastectomy and she had her towel wrapped around. You know how we hook it in? We hook that one towel under our armpit type thing or tuck it in itself. Anyways, the towel kept falling down. The poor thing had had a mastectomy and she was very embarrassed trying to keep the towel up. Well, I, um, a company sent me, it's called a spa dress and it's terry cloth and it's stretchy around your boobs and it's got the little string that goes around your neck. I used to wear dresses like this when I was six, I think. Remember terry cloth was in? Um, and, and I don't think this is, you know, the, a newsflash product that no one's ever seen before, but they sent it to me. It's black. It's cute. It's something that I would probably put on and wear while I'm putting on makeup before I put my real clothes on. But I was thinking about that woman and how wonderful it would have been for her if she had a spa dress because then she could be in a towel after she got out of the shower at the gym and then she can manage her walker and her bags. And uh, I think it, it, it could be helpful to all of us. So if if you are a public changer, you go to the gym, you, you change at work or you just want to wear it at home, I think the spa dress is cool. Mine's black. I think I saw it in white and pink. Um, I wish I had the website. <laughs> it should be spadress.com or something like that. In fact, what I'll do is I will put the link to that product in the description of this podcast on podbean.com. But it just, I, it's handy for me. And then I thought of this woman, which many of you reached out about and said, oh, thanks for helping her, which is really nice. But I think we all would have helped her. I don't think I get any extra points for... Um, for that, because uh, it's it's normal, and if you didn't help that woman at that time, then something's wrong with you. So I'm going to move on, and there's a few people that have stood out online lately, and one of them I'm just going to call her Jen. There's a bunch of Jens. I'm not going to call her out by her whole entire name, but she uh, posted on Facebook, and I'm going to read to you her post and then chat a little about it. She says. They say the first step to fixing a problem is to admit that you have a problem. I guess today of all days is the better of the days to admit it. Even though I don't think to post this yesterday, I'm not sure I would diagnose it as a mental health, but it's not healthy either. I'm not posting this for likes or loves or cheering up. I'm posting this because maybe, just maybe, it will help me. Today, I was showing some of my race photos to a franchisee that I'm training. It was asked as to why in so many of my pictures am I wearing a hat and sunglasses even the ones I wasn't running in. I said that it was quick and a way to combat my hair's dislike for humidity. But the real reason, I'm not somebody I like to look at in the mirror anymore. I don't have confidence in my appearance. I no longer see the person I once saw in the mirror. I make excuses because of my job, which keeps me in a hot and sweaty environment and don't put effort into my appearance. 
Part of me feels like I shouldn't have to put in the effort and to be happy, but much more of me knows it would make me happy. The hat and sunglasses sometimes makes me a little happier to see me in the mirror. I'll find a way to change things, or maybe I won't. I have the drive, but the excuses just seem to keep the brakes engaged. It's up to me and only me. I just need to realize that the brakes need to come off. So I love that she wrote this. Um, She's a great girl, someone I've spent a bit of time with. And she does wear the hat and glasses all the time. Now, is it highly functional for the sunny race days? Absolutely. But the fact that she's doing it to hide a little bit, um, probably not okay. And, and here's the deal. I hide too. If you see me in a ball cap, it's probably because my hair and makeup look like crap. And that's a lot of the time. So <laughs> there you go. But be, she works out so hard. She's always working out. She's got a great little physique. She has an adorable body and she's a very pretty girl. But, you know, I'm a sweaty fitness person. She works in a hot and sweaty envi- environment. So What's wrong with focusing on that? You know, maybe getting some highlights in your hair or learning some new makeup tricks or getting some fake lashes. Oh my gosh, you know, as a TV person, when I wear the fake lashes, oh God, they make me look 75,000 times better than I do on any given day. So girls, it's okay to be girls. It's a, it's a weird time in the world where so many women are nasty, like, oh, I'm just a woman and we don't have to do this. And they're so anti-men and being anti-men means you can't look good yourself or can't feel your best. And I say, screw all that. Let's just be, think about ourselves independently. And, you know, one of the things that I like to do for me is because I'm so Irish and transparent, I go get spray tans. I can't get regular sun. I've had too many people in my family die of melanoma. So I go and I have a membership at a place where I constantly get a little color sprayed on me and it's magnificent and I feel better because of it. And so if you're in the place where you're looking in the mirror thinking, ugh, what can you do? Can you go shopping and maybe buy an upgraded outfit? You know, I had to make an actual resolution. I think it was about 10 years ago. I found myself always in exercise clothes. Always, and I'm not a resolution person, but I decided I'm going to make a resolution to get out of gym clothes. You know, gym clothes or running pants are for running, not running errands. When I'm not exercising or at the farm, I am wearing denim shorts or khaki shorts or a denim skirt. I'm still very casual, but it's in an upgraded way. I've got sandals, a denim skirt. A cotton tank top, does it have running logos on it? No, it's a cotton tank top that may have, I don't know, a heart on it or (laughs) I don't know, something that's not sporty. And so if you are burdened with this downgraded appearance because you're an active person, step up your game. You know, the other thing that here's, I'm, I'm even looking at is my feet. I wear these super comfy sandals. They're called, they're from Well Rocks. Uh, they're not so cute all the time. I go to tailgates, the Gator game tailgates, and it's funny because um, some of the ladies at the tailgates, they overdress. We're in the Florida sun. It's 93 degrees, sweating our brains out, which I personally adore, but they're in the silky dresses outside the football stadium in a silky orange and blue dress and bright gold jewelry and golden high heels. Wow. <laughs> They're they're beautiful. They're so beautiful. To me, it seems totally wacky and inappropriate, but 
They're beautiful and they care so much about their appearance and yay for them, right? I'm there in a denim skirt and a gator tank top. and But I'm looking at my feet thinking, oh, these shoes are kind of for hiking. They're not for being out here with Susie Q and the gold sandal high heels. So, you know, what's the middle ground? Can you get a comfy sandal that's leather, that's brown leather, not, you know, not the gray Tiva leather, but something that's cute, maybe a little strappy. Guys, can you get a nicer version? You know, I I think for a man, if you're wearing your running sneakers all the time and you're not running all the time, there's a problem. Go get yourself a casual pair. Get a, I don't know what brands are out there. I can't even go. I can't begin, but get a pair of brown shoes. Wearing your running sneakers to the mall shows no thought. Running your, wearing your running sneakers out to dinner Unless you just finish running, it shows no thought. You could go so far with a pair of Converse or a pair of brown Skechers, not running Skechers. I'm talking about leather loafer type shoes. So, you know, step it up a bit. But I really like that Jen put this out there. And she already is a very pretty girl. And I could see Jen with a cute braid. And I could see her with a little extra lipstick and maybe some fake eyelashes at a fancy party. And I think at that point, she would look in the mirror and say, hot damn, yay me. So be that, be that person. And Katie Stefaniak, what did she tell me once? She was like, I haven't had jeans in so long. And oh, Katie hasn't worn a dress in forever. Really? You haven't worn a dress? And again, I'm a pretty (laughs) unfancy girl, but I have a few dresses and I pull them out on occasion. So um, guys, girls, it probably is to your benefit to... See where you can enhance the other parts of your your appearance, right? We don't exercise only for our appearance. We exercise to keep our heart healthy and our lungs healthy and blah, blah, blah. But it's all right to put some effort into your face, you know, to get a facial, I don't know, to use some scrub on your face or to buy some lipstick or to groom your eyebrows. All of those things are okay. They don't make you less of a person or less of a woman or any of those things. You shave good. (laughs) Shaving can be good depending on which body part you're shaving. But um, I I, I like that Jen put that out there. I think many of us struggle with it. We just get stuck in our ways of, of just being, I don't know, sweaty and it's all right. And so Jen, I would kill to see you in a dress and heels and lashes and a little braid or a clip in your hair. That would really make me so happy. So, uh, you know, keep working on it. Keep working on yourself. And and where we all have our little weaknesses, it's totally okay to start focusing on them. You know, maybe you don't read enough. I don't know. Maybe you use the word like in conversation too much. I like, went to like a race and like it was busy and like, cut that crap out. Work on yourself. We can all make progress in many, many areas and you know, I think of Carol DeYoung, for example. Carol is in peak fitness. She really is. Could she be even fitter? Well, sure, if she wanted to join some sort of fitness pageant body competition, and good for her. But Carol is pretty much there physically. So, you know, maybe Carol wants to buy a new skirt. Although I think she has a pretty professional wardrobe. I don't know. We're going to have to work on Carol. See, what is Carol not doing that she could be doing to be awesomer? But um, I think we all have room to grow, and that was really nice of Jen to post that and, and hopefully made a lot of people think. Now, the next post I found was from 
This is Katie and Jason Stefaniak. I'm outing them completely because they're pretty open with themselves, but they post this on Facebook. Cycling and strength training completed for today. We are spending the rest of our Sunday meal prepping. When we first met Fitz and started with the hotties, we decided to start meal prepping and we had great success. I had lost 30 pounds and Jason was down 80 pounds. Between the portion-controlled meals and our workouts, we were having great success. Just over two years ago, Jason's dad and brother moved in and started complaining that we were not feeding them enough and were making Jason feel guilty, so we stopped, and over time, we have put a lot of weight back on, basically from overeating. We still have his brother living with us, but we have made the decision to go back to what was working in the beginning. This is our journey, and we told his brother that if he wants to eat more, then he will have to get a job and buy his own food, and I have... A thousand amens for the Stefaniacs right now because they are right. Now, the sad part of this is that they let interlopers into their home screw up what they were doing right. They allowed that. So while we can blame the brother and the dad, it's not really the brother and the dad fault because Katie and Jason let go of their good habits to accommodate other people. It was just, you know, and they're owning it. They're owning it. Um, but that this is a perfect Example of what happens to so many people. They say, well, I've got kids and the kids want to eat crap. So now I'm eating crap or my husband likes to eat this. So now I'm eating this. That's not valid. It's just not valid. Remember, nobody's creeping into your, your bedroom at night, opening up your mouth and shoving a bunch of Cheez-Its in there. It's just not happening. So, you know, think about where Jason and Katie would be right now if they had stayed on track. You know, they're dating back two years ago where they let things slide. So they're still way better than they were when we met. Um, but think how much progress they could have made if they hadn't have let that go. Uh, it, it's staggering to me. So keep in mind, nobody is responsible for your mistakes. There's nobody you can point your finger at. You're really responsible for yourself. Now, unless you go to prison... And they're shoving that little meal tray through the little uh, hole in the bars every morning and you get what you get and you don't get upset. You really have full control of what goes in your mouth and what doesn't. So keep that control. Don't ever let it go because it's all you. All right. Next up, Timothy Powell made a great video the other day. He shared it and Timothy has come a long way. Timothy has lost, I think it's 160 pounds. Please excuse me, Timothy, for not remembering the same remembering the exact numbers, but I think it's about 160 pounds. But he um, he hit his big goal race of running Star Wars at Disney in April. He ran his half marathon. He ran the 10K and the half marathon, so he overdid it a little. But I think he was so goal-focused with that race that once he was done, he felt a little lost. As opposed to just saying, hey, I can keep going, he thought, I don't have a game plan and he slid back a little bit. Now, mind you, I don't think he's gained any weight back. He just, he tends to focus on the negative as opposed to the positive. And so um, he says, well, I haven't been as productive. And and you know what? When you get near the, I hate to say the end of your journey, because it's really not the end of his journey at all. He's a young man. But the end of the weight loss journey, when you've conquered so much of it, 80% of it is behind you. Um, quite often you feel like things are really hard and there's, you're not making as much progress and it's, it's easy to get that way. And this is what happens is when you have 200 pounds to lose, first hundred come off 
pretty quick. You know, you can lose 20 pounds a month when you've got 200 pounds to lose because you go from really reckless eating habits to decent habits. Colossal improvements take place. The closer you get to your goal, the harder it gets because there's less to lose. There's less progress to make. All of a sudden now, Timothy's average guy size. He's got a little extra weight, but he's in the average person category now. Um, So he's struggling with the emotions of it. So he um, reached out to me to talk about that. And I sent him an article called um, Why Losing the the Last Five Pounds is Hard. Now, Timothy still needs to lose a little weight, a little more than five pounds. But the uh, the sentiment is there. You know, you want to look like an athlete, you got to behave like an athlete. When you were trying to lose 200 pounds, all you had to do was give up drinking 60 ounces of full soda per day and you would lose two pounds a day. Now, you got to think a little more precisely about what you do and don't put in your mouth. A leaner body requires far better choices than the, just not an over, overweight, obese body. Um, but so he's... he's working on that. And now he's focused on the skin he has left over. And he said, listen, this is, I want to talk openly about it. It's something that when you have a colossal weight loss, you're going to deal with. And I don't like it. And um, one of the things I encourage Timothy to do is to lose the final 25 pounds. You know, let's, let's shed all the weight you need to lose. And then we need, and then we'll focus on skin because you never know exactly what happened once you get down there. But on that topic, Extra skin after significant weight loss can be a reality. It can be a harsh reality because you've done all the work to get into the size you want to be in, you know, your body size, and now you've got this consequence. And there are consequences to becoming obese. You know, there are life long-lasting consequences. You can undo most of them. But skin is something that can be an obstacle to many. So One of the things I've done is I've reached out to a good friend of mine here in town. In fact, um, all the goats and the pig and the donkey, their dad is a plastic surgeon. And he's a very smart man, very well-spoken. And so I've invited him on the show so we can talk about loose skin and removal. And, you know, once you're down to a particular place, if you do have loose skin, at that point, plastic surgery would likely be the only solution. Um, There are no creams that shrink your skin. Those things are lies, just like the snake oil weight loss products. There is nothing that shrinks your skin. There are things that clear up your skin, change the pigment of your skin, etc. But there's nothing that takes away so much loose skin post-massive weight loss. Um, So we're going to learn about that. We'll, We'll talk to the plastic surgeon and you know, what I've been told historically is when you have plastic surgery, quite often you cha- you trade shape for scars. So someone who has um, a tummy tuck, you know, maybe their tummy is all flat now and they've re- had some fat removed and some skin removed, but they will have a scar down by their bikini line. Um, if you get rid of the skin under your arms, you remove all the skin, you remove that, that extra, what feels like flab and size, the loose part. But then you'll have a scar. And you know what? I think at some point that could be a fair trade-off. You know, it's a very independent decision, but um, something that we will discuss. And I'm very grateful to Timothy for bringing it up because it's just reality. It just is what it is. Um, So those are the three people I wanted to talk about. And I, you know, unwittingly online, they brought up great topics for us to discuss here. 
So I wanted to tell you a couple of nonsense things, and then we're going to move on. I'm going to tell you about the Wonder Woman races in Oakland. First thing, I'm just sharing because I'm a proud mama. My kids are amazing. My daughter is, she's me, but on steroids. So as you can imagine, she made the cheerleading team this year at her high school, and um, she's very well suited for it. But I got to tell you, she's the most adorable person ever, and she's so happy. And all the people that watch them cheer say, you know, personality wise, she belongs in that position. So I'm very happy. I get to watch her shake and clap and shimmy on the sidelines every Thursday night. I'm very sad that JV cheerleading is coming to an end. Um, She gets to cheer during the varsity homecoming game this week. And I'm so happy for her. Sad for me because I have to miss it because I'll be in San Jose. But um, I'm excited for her to get to do that. But then my son who is 13 and very close to six feet tall, just strapping. He's got a much more quiet, introverted personality, but he is one of the, he has a starring role in a play, a community theater called Charlie's Aunt. It's a British comedy and he plays Charlie. And I've been, uh, the show runs three times a weekend all throughout October. And I got to see him last weekend and he blew me away. Oh, so amazing. I mean, it's one thing to watch Ginger and Ginger is, Lucille Ball. She's physical comedy. She's best with outrageous characters. She's fearless and bold and it's just outstanding. But Parker, to watch this shy kid who normally prefers to not talk, uh, at least not to most people, to watch him get on a stage and own it is very exciting. Plus, what a piece of eye candy this kid is. I've never seen him in a tuxedo. You know, you you want to put your kid in a tuxedo, but when do you have the opportunity, right? Well, my kid is now wearing tuxedo tails in this play, and I had no idea. So at towards the end of the play, he walks out. It's act three, and boy, did Fitzkohler swoon over her little boy. Just gorgeous. Just gorgeous. Oh my gosh. So anyways, I'm doing a little mommy gushing. I had to get it out, but the kids are doing great and I couldn't be prouder. And so that's part of my juggle here. We're doing the prioritizing ourselves and our health. And, you know, not only do I have to be prepped and energetic to do my job, but then I got to come home and I got to make sure he's at volleyball. Oh, and he's crushing it at volleyball. He did so great. He dove yesterday and saved this great point. And it's so exciting to be their mom. So um, much like you all, burning the candle at both ends. We're up in the morning for making breakfast, driving people to school. Then I get my stuff done. Then I pick them up from school and kiss them and give them the ticker tape parade. And then, you know, feed them and take them to their stuff and it's just awesome. I, I really, you know what, we can sleep when we're dead, when we're dead, but <laughs> I make sure that sleep comes in as much as possible. Mommy brag over. Thank you so much for listening. Now, we're going to talk about Wonder Woman race. So I told you last podcast about our event in Sacramento, which was fantastic. We just had Oakland, and it too was extraordinary. When I say high-end, everything is high-end. They've got the most beautiful equipment, the tents, the staging, the merchandise, the the staging is the same stages they would bring out for Fergie or Miley Cyrus or whatever. They big old fancy stages. We've got amazing video boards for everything. Um, the My crew loves 
for me to engage with our athletes, and I'm happy to do it because here's the deal. These people show up for a good time. You know, when you host a regular marathon in some regular town or some regular half marathon, people are just showing up to do their run, right? They've been training hard and they want to go. People show up for the DC Wonder Woman Run Series to have a great time. 99% of the people are in costume, and I say costume there. There are red Wonder Woman shirts we provide, or some of them are wearing their own. Almost everybody is in a blue skirt, a blue pants, or whatever. The the men are wearing the Wonder Woman gear, or they're coming as Superman, Batman, The Flash, Green Lantern. We got the whole Justice League. But they're engaged. They want to engage. And so when I walk up to someone with a microphone, they don't run and hide. They give me a big smile, and they throw something fabulous back at me. Um, so, yeah, it's been great. I've been hosting kind of impromptu costume contests before each race are uh, representative from Warner Brothers is hardcore into this. She's amazing, and not only is she running the races to experiencing to experience them, which I love, but she's been bringing prizes. So the first race, she showed up with a bunch of movie tickets, which I was able to give away. This time, she showed up with a huge gift bag full of shirts and water bottles and bags and all sorts of fun. Wonder Woman, Batman, you know, all sorts of DC Comics gear. It was fantastic. And so I was able to actually reward all of our costume contest contestants with a prize, which which was good. Because can you imagine? This is a hardship. <laughs> it's a ridiculous hardship. But I get a dozen, maybe 20 people on a stage, and they're all dressed adorably. And then I have to buy crowd applause. You know, I'll say, who wants Susie Q, the breast cancer survivor, to win? Yay! And then I'll say, who wants Little Loose, the ice skater to win? Yay! It all kind of sounds the same, which makes my job very hard. Now I'm supposed to pick a winner. Unfortunately, in Sacramento, we had one woman that stood out as the winner, so I gave her the one prize. But I would have loved to be able to offer up a second and third prize because I had enough. I just couldn't differentiate. This time, I was able to say, hey, everyone gets a prize. So... Um, but the, but the moral of the story is we've got these great graphic displays. People can get in our uh, invisible jet, take photos. There's a bunch of other DC comic graphics. If you're anywhere in the vicinity of these races, you have to participate. They're a blast. Uh, we have San Jose this weekend. It's November or October 20th ish Sunday, and then November 4th in Los Angeles, November 18th in San Diego. My discount code is Fitness. That's F I T Z N E S S. Use it on any Wonder Woman race and you'll get that discount. I'm not sure. I think it's $15, 15%, something like that. Anywho. Um, oh, but here's Oakland. <laughs> so Oakland has its own story. I get in. I fly to San Francisco, Uber over to Oakland, get my hotel. I got about an hour to rest and eat. And then I get up and um, I go out. Now I'm wearing the Sparkle Athletic blue and white star skirt and a tank top and the silly high socks. They're, you know... <laughs> I look out of place. If I'm at the race, I look absolutely perfect. But if I'm walking down the streets of Oakland myself, I look a little like a fruitcake. So I get out there and I'm in Oakland, which, you know, has a questionable reputation. There's a bunch of beautiful building, a bunch of wonderful people, but there's a bunch of little rough edges to it. So I go out and there's a guy and he's kind of military. I say, I got a question. Are you local? He says, yeah. I said, do you think it's safe for me to walk to City Hall like this? And he goes, well, we got a lot of homeless people. Some of them have psychological issues. I, I probably wouldn't. So I get in my Uber. I say, good, good idea. And safety first, right? Who wants to take a chance? Especially wearing this little skirt and stuff. So I get an Uber 
and um, I get dropped off in front of City Hall. Now, City Hall is very cool. It's a many-story building. They put the DC, um, they put our Wonder Woman arches up there. It looks very Gotham, very Gotham City. It's perfect location. The field is great. They've got a kind of amphitheater built into the front of City Hall. However, City Hall is the downtown area. So I get out. We stop behind a fire truck. So something's already going on. When I get out, I hear this woman screaming into her cell phone. She's calling police, something with a kid. And now the cops are wailing. You know, the sirens are wailing, heading over. And so I cross the street over to um, the field where we are. And then I get hit in the face with um, marijuana because there's about a dozen people sitting on benches just smoking. (laughs) So I'm not a drug user, but for the moment, I felt like it. It was very pungent and um, surprising. But you, you know, you shake your head and you go, okay, California, you know. So most of the time we were there, you can always get some sort of whiff of marijuana. I feel like they're comfortably smoking it, but there were... um, people that lived out in the streets out there that were constantly yelling at us. So we were having a team meeting um, at the end Friday night with all the crew and the owners and so forth. And one woman just stood behind us. She was a local Oakland person and out of her mind, just screaming at us. And so we just kind of ignored it and kept on. But it was a little bit of a consistent thread throughout the weekend. We were getting yelled at by people. Um, you know, that there were some folks just sleeping on benches and they weren't really interfering. I mean, none of our runners had any issues with anything, but because we were there for so many hours the night before on the day of the event, we got to experience the culture. And, um, it was interesting when I was running down the finish line. So I stay on my stage, but I really just like to engage with the runners as they're coming through. So I give a lot of hugs and things and I'm running away from the finish line down the chute and I see one woman punch a guy and they're part of the vagrants out there. Um, so I just kept going cause I didn't want to get involved in all of that, but it was kind of funny to see. And then at night after the race, when everyone was breaking down, I spoke to one of the police officers and I said, uh, Hey, I'm getting an Uber to go back to my hotel. Do you recommend a safer corner to stand on? He goes, well, that one in front of the Walgreens is probably a good idea. Okay. So Walgreens isn't like it is in regular communities. Walgreens is in just like one um, sliver of a building. It's the downstairs. It's got a unit. It's not a freestanding Walgreens. And it's dark and it's cold and there's traffic going by. So I'm standing out there. The Uber's just taking forever because he's dealing with the road closures to try to get to me. And so the police officer, Officer McBride, so very nice, comes and stands nearby me on this corner and we're chatting And across the street, there were two vagrant guys. They were kind of screaming at each other, but then one of them comes over and he's screaming this very, very vulgar phrase over and over and over. And he's stomping, charging. He's not walking. He's got his arms like elbows up and down, fist pumping, big stomping motion, racing towards us. And the words he's using, I think he's talking to me. It's possible he was screaming about or at the man behind him that he left on the other side of the road. But I just kind of stood there. I took one step back. I thought, for sure, if this guy wants to touch me, he's never going to be able to touch me with this officer nearby. But what he did, he's, he stomped straight through us. Crazy, crazy. I mean, just 
so crazy, screaming the super vulgar thing. And then he sits down on a bench and continues to scream at us. So I'm waiting on my Uber and the poor police officer, he's just shaking his head. And, you know, I, it, it was, you know, it's sad. It's sad for uh, the residents of Oakland. It's sad for the, you know, tourism dollars. I certainly wouldn't go back there and host a conference, for example, um, so I, I think they've created a little problem for themselves or they haven't found a solution yet. But, oh, my gosh. But that was that was the crazy stuff. But the good stuff about this event came with such good people. I met um, quite a few kids that I fell in love with. There was one little girl. She was about four, sweet as pie, and uh, had the braid in. So she thought it was Elsa. And we had the whole Elsa conversation. But... Um, she was just adorable and her mother was so proud and talking about how she was some sort of, um, reading advocate and the daughter was a daughter had, I guess she was maybe spokesperson for reading. I don't know how that went. Um, but the mother was so lovely and, and the little girl, I ended up picking her up and carrying her around. But eventually the mom told me, I said, Oh, do you live nearby? Cause she came back pretty early on race day. She said, well, we're just here for ballet lessons. She said, but I am... I am one month from being out of debt. She tells me that, um, because I said, do you live around here? She goes, well, we live in a homeless shelter uh, about a mile or so away. And and I gave the look like, oh, she goes, no, no, it's fine. We have our own unit and I'm getting out of debt. I've been working on paying this off for seven months or something. And next month I'll be debt free and I'll be saving up to get our own place. And, you know, how cool is that, right? I mean, that's, I don't know what put her in the bad position. It doesn't really matter. It was none of my business. But I love that she was, her her daughter wasn't missing out on anything. She was educating her daughter. She was feeding her daughter well. She was prioritizing her daughter's quality of life. And she was working hard. And the fact that she had the words debt-free on her mind, because I'm one of those. I'm a big fan of being debt-free. And uh, she's on her way to prosperity. And it just, you know, that's... When I host races, when I'm at the finish line in particular, I look at some people and I just think, what brought you here? You know, there's some people that look like runners. Like if I saw myself run by, I probably wouldn't care. But then there's some unique individuals that just pique my interest. And I think, what brought them there? What's their story? And you know what? Maybe I would care if I saw a Fitzkohler run by. But uh, that's one of the cool, cool stories. There was also another young girl that came up to meet the announcer girl. And she was really nice. She's in ice skater. She wants to go to the Olympics one day, and I bet she will. And she ice skates in a Wonder Woman costume, which was adorable. But she had her dad with her, and her dad is a guy who's morbidly obese. And he was out there. He said, we're going to do this race together tomorrow. I just loved that. This dad was so involved with his daughter and supportive. And, you know, who looks at the morbidly obese guy and thinks, He's going to go run a race or walk a race or bring his kid out to a race. But he was. He was this superstar, overachieving dad, just as sweet as pie, excited to take pictures of his daughter. And then his wife came out. She was even in jeans that night, but she was um, she was just kind of coerced into doing it. So the daughter ran the race, came through the finish line first. And then a while later, our mom and dad came through. And I love that family. It just was, you know... Nice, nice, nice. There was one of the women showed up at the con- costume contest. She's wearing, you know, almost everybody's in the red shirt, the bluish bottoms, some sort of Wonder Woman-ish type thing. She had a hot pink tank top, 
and these busy neon pants that had Wonder Woman logos on them. So she was certainly dressed the part, but I said, oh, powerful in pink, tell me about your outfit. And she said, well, I'm a breast cancer survivor. So super cool that she's doing the October Breast Cancer Awareness Month. She's a breast cancer survivor. She's got the hot pink blended in with Wonder Woman. And then guess what she did? She won the race. She won the 5K. How cool is that? <laughs> she was so cool. So um, I, you know, I tip my hat to all of these runners. It's such a gift for me to be able to associate with such cool people like that. Um, and then we had the mounted unit from Oakland PD come out. There was Officer Rodney with this big, huge horse. I said, is that a Clydesdale? He said, no, I think he said it's a Percheron, which is in the Clydesdale category. It's a draft horse, but it's it's the second largest horse. And then there was Officer Hofaker with his white horse Pepe. Oh, so cute. You know, it's just a nice community support. There was, you know, I'm... I tell the story of the of the craziness that I experienced, but for the most part, it was a it was really a beautiful place with wonderful people. The mayor and the vice mayor, these really fun ladies, came out to hold the tape and greet the crowd. They were a wonderful part of the event, and they allowed us to decorate City Hall with our Wonder Woman getup. So there was not much to complain about there. And when I was doing the awards. It's funny, we, we finish up the race and then we go to the main stage so I could uh, recognize the winners. And they have these beautiful uh, DC Wonder Woman run series posters that are framed for, um, there's a, a overall winners for the 5K and the 10K in both female and male divisions. So the first time I go, we go from the bottom up, third place, second place, first place. And the first place winner of the five men's 5K is Jeff Norris. And I remembered seeing that guy, and he was wearing a flash shirt, which was totally appropriate. So the I give Jeff Norris, winner of the 5K, he comes up, has his photo taken. And then I go through the women's 10K, 5K, and then I'm back at the men's third place, second place, and I go to the first place, and I haven't had time to look over this list. I've been given it right as I'm walking on stage. So there wasn't any opportunity for me to kind of dis- dissect the information. But now I look at, I get to the, and our champion of the 10K, and I look and I see the name Jeff Norris again. And I go, oh, this isn't right. And this is me on the microphone. This is the burden of working on a microphone as people hear everything, right? They hear your errors too. So I go, this isn't right. And I look back at Julie, who's with the, um, administration. I go, no, this isn't right. And she looks, I go, because it says, and as I'm trying to explain that they've repeated Jeff Norris as the winner of both the 5k and the 10k, I hear some yelling from the crowd and they're yelling, it's right. It's right. And I look again, Jeff Norris, who won the 5k was, I don't know, 42. Jeff Norris, who won the 10k was 14. It was his son. Ah, it was his son. So I look and I was like, oh, wait, it is right. Jeff Norris, it's a junior. Come on up. And he was so cute. He was just an adorable, young, tall, 14-year-old with braces, this beautiful smile. And it was, I I was in the microphone going, it's, I'm so happy to be wrong. This is the greatest error ever. Uh, But it was really, really fun. So I'm glad, I'm glad it happened that way because it added a little extra excitement to the event. But how cool for one family to have two race champions. And again, our races aren't hardcore serious. Our races, these races in particular, are for athletic adventure and fun and 
you know, the experience, but that was very, very cool. And so the mom slash wife of the duo, she was beaming with pride and their whole family was adorable. She ran the race as well. Um, but I had a really, really good time. So anyways, Wonder Woman, I really hope you guys will come out if you can. I promise you we're adding half marathons in 2019. So we'll have the half marathons, the 10K, the 5K. They're talking about adding challenges. Nothing's on the schedule right now, but I've heard a little bit here, a little bit there, some of the details, which I, I don't, again, I don't think anything's solidified. Maybe they are. They're just, you know, I don't personally need to know them yet. So they're not consulting with me, um, but they're extraordinary. And if you're somebody who does like the theme run, boy, you're going to love these. So anyways, I hope I've given you guys the kick in the can that you need today because again, you're in control. Nobody's sneaking in your bed. Nobody's opening up your mouth. When you are playing tug of war with yourself for crying out loud, you can really just choose to win. You know, that rope should not be burning your hands. You got to make those good decisions and you got to win that battle. You win it every day. And we don't want my kids to have this battle. We don't want your kids to have this battle. We certainly don't want you to do it anymore. And the best thing you can do as a role model, if you are dealing with children, is show them how it's done, right? Win the battle yourself. Be the champion. Be the person who conquers this issue with weight. So those kids can't go on and say, well, my mom is overweight. That's why I'm overweight. Uh, uh, uh. No, that's not genetics. That's cultural. That's bad habits. So don't pass them on. Um, oh, and then put on the makeup, put on the lashes, get the heels, get the shoes. Let's start going big, guys. Forget about this living better and living longer thing. Let's go living glamorous or something like that. We can up it just a little bit every single time, can't we? I think so. All right, team. I love you all the way every day. That's a fact. Uh, if you haven't already done so, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube. And I'm there at Fitness. I have my Morning Mile program. You got to help me get these kids moving in the mornings. That's morningmile.com. You can follow me Morning Mile on Facebook. Share, share, share. It never hurts to get more kids moving in the mornings. And um, that's that. You got questions, send them my way. You got answers, send them my way. And uh, get to work. Bye, everybody. Hi, this is Rudy Novotny, the voice of America's marathons. We all love how much running has benefited every aspect of our lives, so much so that most of us only wish we'd started sooner. Wouldn't it be wonderful to give the opportunity to children of today? Well, you can. The Morning Mile is a before-school walking and running program that gives children a chance to start each day in an active way while enjoying fun, music, and friends. That's every child, every day. It's also supported by a wonderful system of rewards, which keeps students highly motivated and frequently congratulated. Created by our favorite fitness expert, Fitz Kohler, morning milers across the country have run over 2 million miles and are having greater success with academics, behavior, and sports because of it. The morning mile is free to the child, free to the school, and is inexpensively funded by businesses or generous individuals. Help more kids get moving in the morning by visiting morningmile.com champion the program at your favorite school or find out more about sponsorship opportunities that's morningmile.com long may you run